You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. The crap that was thrown at him at the beginning of the year, and they they polished a turn, and they they made this season a success. <laughs> I haven't heard polished a turn in so long. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra with Brazilian Thai. It's only, well, I don't even know if it's been two weeks since the Grey Cup, but at all, I already feel like I've kind of forgotten how to do this thing. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You did say on Twitter, we call it in the business a tease. You've got another hot take on food. What say you? Turkey? is overrated (laughs) and it might be it might be bottom of the list when it comes to meat well i'm trying to think what i would put it above chicken no steak or beef of any kind definitely definitely better better. uh pig because it literally is the most versatile of all the animals uh fish better Okay, maybe we've got a conversation there. No, I, no, salmon is a hundred times better than turkey. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't like turkey. I, I, I'll eat it. I like it, especially on a bun with butter and salt. <laughs> but, when are you getting that tattoo? But, butter and salt. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big B cell logo on my left bicep. There's a new bet for 2020. <laughs> uh, um. But, like, it's not the end-all, be-all when it comes to Christmas supper or Thanksgiving supper. Like, ham, a ham and scalp potatoes is way better than turkey. Like, let's just be honest. Now, your culinary hero is either Ronnie Mack or or the Burger King. My, my culinary well, I mean- hero... <laughs> Is Popeyes. Well, there's that. <laughs> but Alton Brown's my guy, and I actually just watched a Good Eats. Oh, I love I love Good Eats. Oh, I just watched one on turkey. And the problem with turkey is that we roast the whole thing, the the mm-hmm. drumstick, the breasts. It all ta- mm-hmm. needs different type of cooking. But we all cook it at once. It mm-hmm. dries the heck out of it. And, and it's dry as all hell. We've taken the and me not liking gravy doesn't <laughs> no, help. That's not help. We've taken the food discussion but, to an entirely new level. Like we're getting deep. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> you, but like like if we're being on if if we're being honest, breakfast sausages are better than bacon. Okay, now <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, it depends. If I if I'm at a restaurant. I will probably take the breakfast sausage over the bacon because they overcook the bacon. Mm-hmm. My bacon, 100%. I don't know about you, needs some flop to it. Oh, yeah, it needs it can't be super crispy. Yeah, so if it's it needs to it needs to be a little I don't want to use the word I was going to use. I stopped myself. Starts with an F uh, and an L. 
Yeah. <laughs> and not flop. <laughs> no. Um, I got, I got, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I missed that reference, a, a floppy reference on, on, on a text message last night and I still haven't been able to live it down. Um, but it, it has to be chewy. It has yeah. to be more chewy than it does crispy. Yeah. And then but, there's a conversation. But the, way I, the, way, the way I look at it, though, is that breakfast sausage – or sorry, bacon is like James Neal. <laughs> right? Like it's pretty good right. on its right. own. But without a superstar like Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl driving the train, which would be the breakfast sausage – it's not as good. Holy crap. I'm just getting into this thing. <laughs> In the huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out podcast. You were kind of worried the <laughs> other day that we wouldn't be able to go for an hour. I'm thinking we're going to have trouble keeping this under an hour. Well, I'm going to have to use skip the dishes to get supper because I'm not going to want to leave the house. <laughs> In an hour's time. What, what, what kind of options are you looking at? Let's be honest. There's one option I'm looking at. Uh, Burger King? And it's Nuggets. <laughs> and it's Nuggets from Burger King, yes. <laughs> okay. We haven't talked since, really, the Bomber Grey Cup celebrations took off. And mm-hmm. Chris Streveler is the man of the hour, is he not? How is he that jacked after the season? Man, he... He probably cleans up. <laughs> you think? <laughs> He's still limping around. They were at the uh, uh, Jets game on Tuesday. He limped on the ice. Him, Harris, Dembski dropped the puck. Uh, pro- props to Winnipeg. I, I was listening to uh, the coaches show that Bob Irving does with Mike O'Shea, and they did a two-hour version the day after the game. And they opened up the phone lines and the emotion that you could hear Mm -hmm. in the voices of the fans calling in, uh, thinking about, you know, it's not on the level of the Chicago Cubs drought, but everybody thinking about their fathers or their grandfathers or whoever that they would have liked to have celebrated the championship with that aren't with us Mm -hmm. anymore. And good for Winnipeg. That's all I got to say. Because these celebrations, I feel like they match the drought. Uh, Some people are offended by Strebler, whatever. I think he's a 24-year-old guy. I I can't say that I would have handled it any differently if I won a great cup of 24. I'm 31, and I was at the lake drinking my face off August long weekend with no shirt on. So I can't can't judge Chris (laughs) Strebler. And they are on pace to sell the most Grey Cup champion merchandise ever. The Riders did $1.9 million worth in 2013, and the Bombers, they could sail past $2 million here, and mm-hmm. that is awesome. That That's nuts. Oh. Like, it, it, that to, to sell that much, and I know that it's been 29 years. Yeah. <laughs> But but to sell two million dollars worth of merch is just astounding. Now the CFL announced the Wednesday after the Grey Cup, the league all stars, uh, twenty seven of them selected by forty nine voters. Uh, they're members of the Football Reporters of Canada. Also, the league's head coaches voted in this as well, and 
No Andrew Harris at running back. <laughs> the league's re- leading rusher. <laughs> I hate to keep beating mm-hmm. the dead horse there, but it just stands out. Well, it definitely does. Um, and no, no, no slight against William Stanback. Uh, right. You know, he had a, he had a really good year, but Andrew Harris, we get it. People, you know, you know, the Winnipeg media didn't give him. Uh, an MOC nod or an MOP nod uh, when it came to league awards, and now he's getting this. I, I, I guess you could call it, it's. I would call it a snub. I mean, as the leading rusher, uh, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he is going to be uh, your running back all star. Yeah. Wins wins MOC and MOP at the Grey Cup. Like I, I love winning Stanback. Montreal had a hell of a year, but there is no way Andrew Harris should not be on this list. I kind of want to see how close the votes were, <laughs> like how, how much Standback edged mm-hmm. him out by. But I look at that receiving core on the all-star list, and I think, holy crap, Brandon Banks, who needs surgery, uh, basically two of them, mm-hmm. to repair a hernia and also get that plate out of his uh, shoulder. Uh, Reggie Bagleton, Brian Burnham, Shaq Evans, and Braylon Addison. We've got some good receivers in this league, man. <laughs> And and it is a it helps that it's a passing league, but it's always we've always looked at it as a quarterback yeah. league. Uh, and and you know the last couple of years, the emergence of Banks finally getting to play. Uh, Brian Burnham probably the best pure receiver in the CFL say, right yeah. now. Uh, don't get me wrong, Banks is great. Banks is fast. Banks can run himself open. Burnham makes all the tough catches, makes every single play you need him to. Uh, Braylon Addison, you know, he can be a number one in this league. Uh, you know, he's with Brandon Banks, which makes him even better because it just gives him more opportunities uh, to, to get open. Shaq Evans, hell of a year, uh, and, you know, a huge uh, piece of the puzzle there in Saskatchewan for Cody Fajardo uh, to be able to have success this year. And and Reggie Bagleton, I mean, it, it didn't seem to matter uh, whether it was Bo throwing him the ball or not. He was going to put up numbers. Let's go through all the coaching news because there has been – a ton of it, and it starts with Jason Moss getting fired by the Eskimos just shortly after the Grey Cup. I, I can't say sh- sh- shocking. Yeah, shocking. exactly. I mean, who saw this one coming? <laughs> exactly. Um, after four years, it was kind of just mediocrity, really. Uh, a thirty-nine mm-hmm. and thirty-three record, three and three postseason record, three division final appearances. Honestly, though, it's it's sort of a similar record that Mike O'Shea would have had after four seasons with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, he actually had playoff the three wins. and fifteen year. The, the three and fifteen year did not help Michael. Yeah, Shea. that didn't help. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that that that'll bring your numbers down. Uh, but in Edmonton, they've got this standard, this demand to win, mm-hmm. and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, and I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. Everybody sort of had Rick Campbell as being their guy before the season mm-hmm. ended, before anything ever Devon, happened. Before Devon Claybrooks <laughs> got fired, I, I think it was like you know the logical choice. Yeah, and I think that was the big big thing that BC did. They got ahead of the game and. Mm-hmm. Like almost missing the playoffs was, 
it's never good to miss the playoffs, but a, it got them a, a head blessing start in disguise. Yeah, on getting you know they're guy. able to make the move because they know they knew Rick Campbell was out. They can make their move uh, and you know start to align things to bring Rick Campbell in if that's what they want to do. Uh, that that being said, like you go back to Jason Moss and how you were saying that the Eskimos and and they're, they they have like the how did you word it the not desire demand but like the demand for excellence. It doesn't help that you know a lot of season ticket holders that we've talked to and and you know a guy I dropped a shirt off to on my way up here uh, said you know the the season ticket program just felt it felt. Like, they didn't get anything this year. Like, no incentives, no perks. And I know it, it's they don't have to, but it, it, it's kind of expected, like, you know, as a thank you. And, they, and he just felt slighted in that way and, and kind of pissed off. And then with the way the season went and, and you know, the, the way Moss handled himself the last couple of years on the side, then this year he seemed to tone it down. People were just kind of done, I think. I think last year was probably a tougher one because hosting yeah. the Grey Cup and they don't even – get a chance uh, mm-hmm. to, to play for the trophy at all. And I know the West Division is tough and uh, yada, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And I think the one thing that did save him last year was the fact that the coach's cap was coming in and nobody really knew what was going to happen with retained salaries and everything. Yet. Yeah, and he still had a couple of years left that uh, the mm-hmm. Eskimos would have to eat and that would really uh, bring them back when it comes to – that cap and let's face it they never beat a playoff team until the Alouettes in their or their, or a team above 500 until the Alouettes in the East semifinal and they they really got worked by Hamilton in the in the East final but now we're kind of sitting here wondering what's Edmonton going to do and there's a lot of names being thrown around that are getting interviews uh they had interviews with BC, now Ottawa, now Edmonton. I guess Tommy Condell was a bit of a buzzy name out of Hamilton, but he has declined interviews from Ottawa and Edmonton. He wants to stay in Hamilton. Um, Paul Lapalise seems to be the guy that has all the leverage in the world. He can stay in Winnipeg <laughs> or he can go to yep. Ottawa or Edmonton. I feel like it's all up to him, really. And, I mean, it's he is the guy that has been, you know, the coach in waiting, it seems, forever. I, I know he got his chance. But, you know, you see it in, in a lot of other sports that guys will come in and you know either coach the junior or not the junior team but like the the minor league affiliate or they'll come on to the onto the major league staff as an assistant but everybody knows what's happening uh I, and i'm not saying that's what's happening in winnipeg but i mean when you look at it la police is probably the best option for a head coaching job when it comes to the assistants around the league maybe Noel thorpe but i mean He's just that name that keeps getting thrown out there, which makes you think there's some uh, momentum to it. So Lapo was the guy in Winnipeg in 2010. They had a rough year, four and 14, but they they lost all sorts of close games that year. Like it was just stupid. And then the very next year. 
They went to the Grey Cup, lost to the Lions in BC, and then he coaches for eight games in 2012. He's two and six, and he ends up getting fired. And I think a lot of Bomber fans would have liked him to still be the guy. At the end of the day, it worked out because they mm-hmm. got uh, Mike O'Shea out of the deal. Those rough years in uh, you know twelve thirteen for the Bombers there, and it was a long time coming. Now they've got a Grey Cup title here, but it still needs to be said. Mike O'Shea does not have a contract, and he said that he wants to stay, and he really looks mm-hmm. like he truly means that, that he wants to stay. But oh, I, I think 100%, but if somebody comes I knocking know. with an offer he can't refuse, <laughs> I mean, you have to look at it. You have to at least uh, talk to them. But I, I sort of get the feeling that Edmonton might go off the board a little bit. I don't know why. Um, they're going to need an entirely new staff. The only one under contract is Philip Lawley for next year. Man, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's the best situation. <laughs> no. And, and we talk about it. Continuity. Yeah. You know, coaching staff, front office, it breeds success. And, you know, it, it paid off in spades this year. In it took a while, but it uh, paid off. It took a while, but it, it, you know, and people will, you know, teams will win with new coaches and, and all that stuff. It does happen. But, you know, throughout a year and and playoffs and, and, you know, when you have to win, I'd rather have the best team top to bottom than just have a flash in a pan. Yeah, absolutely. As for the Montreal Alouettes, they got it done. They signed Kahari Jones to a three-year extension and... I just get this magical feeling with Kahari that he could have any team in front of him and he would bring them together and make them uh, Mm -hmm. a competitive team because the crap that was thrown at him at the beginning of the year and they... They polished a turd Mm -hmm. and they they made this season a success. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard polished a turd in so long. (laughs) But... Now they have to hire a GM that's okay mm-hmm. with Kahari. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of time the general manager I, wants their guy. I, and I, I think that's going to be part of the interview process. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't want to say if ownership's smart, if the league is smart, because they will obviously have a hand in finding a GM for the Owls and, and bef- unless the sale goes through and you know it's already a done deal and they're just keeping it under wraps that well, which I don't believe is happening. Um it, it has to be, you know, Kahari's the guy for for the next three years, unless you know they go one in seventeen, which yeah. I don't foresee happening. But you know, this team needs something uh, that it can grasp onto, and and, the, and you know the fan base does. Where you know Kahari's going to be there, they're going to build this thing back up. Uh, I don't want to say to what it was because I don't think we'll, you know, Anthony Calvillo and and Tressman and Pop. I mean that. That's really hard to to match, Mm -hmm. but they have to build this thing back up to where they're perennial contenders and they're in the playoffs and winning football games on a regular basis and not, oh, didn't work this time, on to the next, and, you know, one year later, on to the next, and one year later, two years later, on to the next. Uh, It's going to, whoever the GM is, is, I don't think, I don't want to say they're going to be stuck with Kari Jones, but they're going to have to be okay with having Kari Jones before they get hired. It can't be you just bring a guy in because he's a good GM and let him uh, do whatever he wants. Well, it looks like the league has brought in Wally Buono as a consultant 
with the team, and he's going to have a hand in hiring the general manager of the Montreal Alouettes. And I don't know if there's many better names than the Godfather to help you out with with that. Uh, they have asked the Bombers for permission to interview Danny McManus for the GM spot. They've also I've also seen names thrown around like Neil McAvoy. He's the director of football ops in BC. G. Roy Simon, Danny Machocha. Uh, Eric Tillman. I, I feel like that one, I think we need some new blood in here, and that one is just kind of the mm-hmm. the safe, boring move that the Owls could make, and I hope they don't. Yeah. I, I and In sports, it's always recycled. Yeah. Whether it's coaches, every GMs, league. everything. It's every league. Uh, but at some point, new blood does have to come in. And whether it's, you know, as an assistant position where they work their way up or whatever, uh, it would be nice to go a little off the board, I think. I, I think just because, you know, to get a fresh face, but at the same time, it, the safe bet is the safe bet for a reason. And I think there was some good new blood this year with Kahari Jones and Orlando mm-hmm. Steinauer. I think they did uh, okay there. Um, as for the Thai Cats. Jeff Reinbold has signed an extension to stay on as the team's special teams coordinator, but they did lose Dennis McKnight, the offensive line coach, to the XFL. And speaking of the XFL, they denied the Eskimos' permission to talk to Jamie Elizondo. And I I read a really interesting article by uh, Jerry Modijong. I'm probably butching that name uh, from the... No, that's that's really uh, good. From the Edmonton Sun, who basically talked about how these teams, especially last offseason, were getting denied permission to talk to guys, even if it was a job for them to advance their position, advance their careers. But Mm -hmm. Rick Campbell quits in Ottawa. Like, Did they find a loophole there? To bring him to BC, I'm not saying that there was tampering or anything like that, but he quits his job and the Lions are basically able to get a head start on bringing him to Vancouver. Now, is I know the rule is I don't think you can sign coaches until after Grey Cup. Well, you you can't really announce it anyway. Or you can't announce it, but I mean, you could... It's like the the free agency window in the NHL, or you can't discuss money in these five days. Yeah, everybody discusses money. Who are you kidding when a deal comes through at twelve oh one? Yeah, I know it, it happens in the CFL too, <laughs> right? Oh, I, like let's just get rid of the tampering rules because it's pointless. Yeah, let them tamper. But yeah, it, it'll make it better. <laughs> I like it. Free for all. Like tamper, piss the other team off. Now we have a robbery. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I'm all in for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Calgary could look like a completely different team next year. Again? Well, yeah, especially off the field. I, they're they're going to lose at least two of their position coaches. Well, maybe anyway. Uh, receivers coach Pete Costanza will not return after being with the team for Can't 12 stand years. You. 12 years. He wants to advance, you know, be a head coach or be an Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator somewhere. So he's not in Calgary anymore. But Ryan Dinwiddie and Mark Killam have been really buzzy names that Mm -hmm. both had interviews in Ottawa. But so did Stephen McAdoo. 
had an interview in Ottawa. It looks like the Red Blacks. Well, they don't, they don't have a running back, so, I mean, that would be the perfect spot for McAdoo. <laughs> the, the Red Blacks are talking to a lot of people. Uh, they're exhausting all of their resources. I think it might be one of the Calgary guys. I think it might be Dinwiddie. Which, I mean, that would be a breath of fresh air. Yeah. At the same time, not a lot to work with in Ottawa. Yeah, I know. Not 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 the best opportunity, but an opportunity nonetheless. And you know, experience does does uh, does people good. Um, you know, the only thing I worry about is you look at uh, in the NFL, Matt Patricia leaves New England. You know, everybody praises him as as a DC. You know, he's Bill Bel- he's part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Can't quite cut it as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And you know, special teams and and you know Ryan Dinwiddie is the quarterbacks coach, right? Yeah, um, I, I, that's a big step up. And I, I know Dickinson did it from special teams, so I, I would be leaning towards kill him more. Uh, you know, because he, he he deals with a. Not just a, not just one position group, uh, but I mean, there's nothing saying that Ryan Dinwiddie couldn't do it. But I mean, to find for these guys to finally get chances, like we've seen them on, or at, well, at least kill him. We've seen him on the sideline as an assistant for years. I just and now he's finally getting his chance. I can't see it going any better than Devon Claybrooks did in BC, right? No, and, and it's not, and I don't think it'll be all like. Let's say for sake of argument, it's Mark Killam that gets the job, and they are they they do what BC did. I, I'm not bl- I'm not going to blame Mark right, Killam. I mean, exactly. Ottawa doesn't have much like their 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 depth is so thin. It's it's transparent at this point. Um, but like it's it, it's not the best opportunity to go into. But I mean, if if they if they can get him in there, get him the experience, and don't fire him after yeah. one year. Whether that's Killam Dinwiddie or even or whoever interviews and, and gets that job, they're they're gonna have a lot of work to do. But it's still a head coaching job in a professional sports league. They need to spend money on a quarterback and free agency, no matter what. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, and the Stephen McAdoo interviewing in Ottawa has kind of set off a little bit of a ripple effect because the Riders have now talked to Jason Moss about possibly being their OC next year, so have the BC Lions. And I think a lot of us can agree, Jason Moss is a hell of an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I, I think as an OC, he's he's perfect. Uh, he, I, I don't want to, like, harp on anything, but he looks, like, a little overwhelmed at times when he's, when he's coaching, when he's the head coach. Uh, I mean, the whole – we bring it up a lot. It's like the field goal – <laughs> like that that joke will never get old on on Twitter, nope, right? Nope, nope. Right? It's like Winnipeg not having an airport. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Mike's going to hate that. Um but you know, we saw the success he had with Trevor Harris. Yeah. In Ottawa. When they were in Ottawa together. And and so when when Harris showed up in Edmonton, we all kind of thought, well, there's a chance here. Uh, you know, it didn't quite pan out. We saw what he was able to do with Mike Riley as the head coach. I I, I think that BC is the only logical option for him. I, I think that 
the chemistry that he can have with Mike Riley uh, can turn that team around. That being said, uh, he is an upgrade over McAdoo 100% uh, at the OC position. So If they make that happen in BC, all of a sudden things are pretty exciting there. All of a sudden, the West is is even more of a crapshoot than it was before. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is every single year. And as for Winnipeg, if Lapo moves on and takes a job in Ottawa or Edmonton, looks like Buck Pierce could be the OC. Farhan Lalji expecting him to move up and make that mm-hmm. job. But at the same time, that is like what we saw in Saskatchewan. I think they were kind of forced to stick with Craig Dickinson, but continuity, a guy that the players are already mm-hmm. familiar with on that staff, I think you, you want a guy like Lapo because, well, and who knows if Richie Hall is still going to be coaching next year. But those game plans in the playoffs from that coaching staff were bang on, 100% perfect all the way through the playoffs. And, and you know, they knew what they had at the quarterback position, and they ran that system to a T. Yeah, it was to, impressive. To go on the road and allow 15, 14, and then 13 points in the Grey Cup? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yeah. On the defensive side of the ball. Like, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, just uh, so impressive with the bomber. They, they won it the hard way, and there's... There's no denying that. Uh, this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial, and ATB understands that sometimes we all need a boost. That's why they started ATB Booster, a crowdfunding platform for small businesses. So if you have an idea and want to test it with a crowd, Booster can help you raise funds to grow and expand into the community. Whether you're a cafe in need of a new espresso machine or a boutique wanting to open a new location, Check out ATB Booster to find out more. ATBbooster.ca, ATB Booster, and there's no E in Booster.ca to find out more. Okay, this is going to be another crazy offseason when it comes to free agency because of the one-year deal. Now, mm-hmm. Derek Dennis has been talking on Twitter, and I get what he's saying, that... All of these contracts pretty much are one-year deals anyway because teams cut guys whenever they want and don't owe them a single thing. So as soon as that, if that ever gets fixed, I think this is what we are going to be with for the foreseeable future. But the crazy thing here is, and there's been lots of talk about it, this is the year or this is the month when we start hearing guys working out in the NFL. Uh, last year, we were hearing from Bo Mitchell, nonstop, with teams he working out with this week. Uh, this offseason, we are hearing from guys like Nate Hawley, Kwaku Boateng, Braylon Addison, I think he's got to work out with the Vikings, Trey Roberson, uh, 10 teams were interested in him, Dakota Shepley, Trey Rutherford, all guys that could get NFL shots But the NFL right now has not approved CFL players with contracts to work out despite the CFL opening up that NFL window again. Mm -hmm. The way we saw things go during Mm -hmm. the CBA stuff, 
I wouldn't hold it past the league that they knew that this was going to happen. You know what I mean? That that's completely possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand where the NFL is coming from. Um, you know, you look at the Ricky Williams situation. What started the whole thing where if a guy is suspended, he can't play in the CFL yeah. if he's suspended in the NFL. Um, and now the NFL is looking at it like, well, you know, they're signed to deals. Unless they're released, we can't have a guy. We can't be poaching players. And I, I don't know if that's what they're thinking. Uh, you know, if I'm the NFL and, a, you know, another league has a window where their players are allowed to try out, I don't know why you're turning guys away. Yeah. Uh, but it does help uh, with, you know, players sticking around. Because, yeah, the CFL can do all they want and give them the NFL window. But if the NFL is going to block their, their teams, it's not on the CFL. But there were guys, right? like teams were able to sign guys to three-year deals because of the NFL window. And now... Right. <laughs> but, I mean, that that's... that's but now to do that, now the NFL is the one blocking them. It's not like they can blame the CFL for not giving them an opportunity. Right. Oh, it, I could see why the it's players would be a bit choked at what's happening right mm-hmm. now. Apparently, the NFL and the CFL are in discussions to try and figure this out. We'll, we'll see how this all goes. I know there's already been... Um, you know, workouts that have been postponed and things like that. But if you look at the free agent list, it is just a mile long. And there's. Which, which I mean, is no surprise. It's, it's been like that the last couple of years, right? Yeah, there's, there's no point in worrying about it if you're a fan of a team yet. Um, because I'm going to say probably 75% of these guys are going to get re signed anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a situation looking at anyway. Let's go with some of the guys that have uh, been re-signed. BC locking up that running game by re-signing both John White and Brandon L- Rutley, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But John White had his first 1,000-yard season last year, and they were really able to run the ball once they made the the switch at offensive line coach. That's a pretty good dual attack heading into 2020, I'd say. Yeah, and I think, you know, teams now more than ever are realizing that you can't just run one guy into the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, unless it's unless it's an Andrew Harris. You know, we thought William Powell, but McAdoo refused to give him the ball more than like 11 times in a night. Uh, but having a little bit of a uh, platoon situation at running back, and, and, I mean, Rutley can play special teams as well. Uh, keeps your guys fresh, you know, lessens the chance of injury, uh, you know, and, and, you know, especially when they have two kind of different running styles, it can really throw the defense for a loop as well. As speaking of running backs, the Argos have released James Wilder Jr. After he requested his release, he then went on the Rod Peterson show and basically talked trash about Corey Chamberlain and Jacques Chapdelaine. Um, He was set to be a free agent in February anyway, so he just gets a jump start on talking to other teams or NFL workouts or whatever he has going on. But his stock, I think, is probably dropped since winning the Grey Cup in 2017, coming onto the scene as a rookie and just looking awesome. 
And then the mm-hmm. past two seasons, he hasn't looked like the same guy. The team hasn't been the best either. But I, I don't know what his prospects looking like. Maybe he goes to NXT and makes his debut in a couple months. Oh yeah, the, the storyline between him and uh, Finn Balor should be real good. <laughs> Man, him and the Velveteen Dream. I don't know what his uh, charisma is like, but I think he'd make a hell of a wrestler. I, yeah, and, until until things got a little hard and he just quit. <laughs> Again, where, where is James Wilder Jr. in 2020? Oh, mm. Calgary might need a running back. Is Stampede Wrestling still a thing? <laughs> I think it actually is on like a really small scale. Or maybe maybe he'll be in RCW. Oh man, wrestling in Wasika, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> can we not talk about that man if he could do the stampede wrestling and play for the stampeders i mean there's some pretty good income there is there well <laughs> like it's stampede like it's stampede wrestling let's be real like he, would he be the guy that actually gets the entrance, or would he be the guy that when you come back from commercial break, he's already in the ring? <laughs> you know, I think he would get an entrance, but Stampede mm-hmm. Wrestling now, eh, maybe you're making well, 60 guess, bucks on a Saturday guess, night or something. I, I guess I guess Kane would get an entrance, but you always knew if he was going to win or lose whether or not his pyro went off. <laughs> Sticking with the Argos. Uh, they have signed Chandler Worthy and Bear Woods to extensions. Mm-hmm. I think Bear Woods is one that's circumventing the coach's cap a little bit. No. <laughs> How dare you? So they'll just put him on the sixth game, and then he'll sort of coach the linebackers next year. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like this year, honestly. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to accuse anybody of anything. Oh, really? I'm sure I could just scan <laughs> back on this episode and find something. <laughs> you probably never could. mind historically. <laughs> and I will deny, deny, deny. <laughs> hey, by the way, I got to ask you. It's been a rough couple of weeks for hockey coaches. You used to be a coach. Uh, are you looking over your shoulder? <laughs> not, no, not one not bit. Not one bit? You're good? No, because all the kids are bigger than me, so I was the one that got hit <laughs> and abused. I got I got ear-holed with a puck at 6.30 in the morning, and I'm like, yeah, I'm done for You're the gonna day. You're going to be the one that turns it around on the players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Oh, Calgary re-signs William Longley and Derek Wigan, who was big on the defensive line this year. But I think the big change is Rob Maver announcing his retirement from football after a decade with the Stampeders and maybe the best to do it over the past decade mm-hmm. as well. Two-time Grey Cup champion Rob Maver. Hell of a career. Probably Probably should have been special teams player this year. You know what? I would not. Because <laughs> apparently, apparently, people in Saskatchewan have a completely different definition of coffin corner than every other every <laughs> other fan base. the league in botched coffin corner putts? <laughs> oh, then it's definitely John Ryan. <laughs> Who leads the league in terrible politicians for brother-in-laws. 
definitely John Ryan. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going <laughs> to go. I, I, I've held it in all you year. You have. But now the off season, there are no rules or what? <laughs> yeah, it's just no holds barred, man. Top rope. Uh, Maver is a good guy on the field. And uh, off the field, obviously, it's going to be sad not to have him in the CFL anymore. But, man, he lost his job place-kicking and then just Mm -hmm. took that punting job to the next level. And him and Rene Paredes, the best kicking duo we've seen in the league for a long time, I think. I, 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 I have no argument against that. I, I, I think that, yeah, they're probably top. They'd be top three all time, I think. So uh, the Stamps got to look for another uh, reliable punter uh, for the next for the foreseeable future. Anyway, John Ryan's a free agent. <laughs> uh, Saskatchewan has re-signed Mac Henry on the D line and Luches Purifoy, who had a hell of a year in mm-hmm. 2019, and I'm assuming BC Lions fans and Red Blacks fans didn't he last like eight games in Ottawa? Yeah, they're thinking what? <laughs> yeah, what, what did um, we miss? Maybe, maybe, maybe Marcel Desjardins is the problem. <laughs> now everything I bring up, you you're just throwing another I'm, group under the hey, bus. Hey, hey, these are the people that wanted Dominique Davis to be the starter, okay? How did I know? How did I know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they deserve everything they're getting right now. Until, like, January 1st. January 1st, we'll, we'll reset and we'll be all good. But until then. Okay, so like, January 1st, you're going to stop with the Dom Davis stuff? Maybe. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> let's, let's maybe alleged. I'll, I will allegedly okay. stop. You'll stop like a mother. Oh, shop like a mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> in two weeks, we'll do one more show. The final one of 2019. What? If there's nothing to talk about, then I guess we can just talk about Turkey. I guess. Uh, I, I'm assuming there will be more dominoes in place as far as the Eskimos and the Red Blacks go in a couple of weeks. So we'll come back and uh, we'll keep going with the offseason news then. Speaking of dominoes, I never got to hear Domino by the Kiss cover band because I got kicked out. <laughs> and then we were walking past Spirit of Edmonton on the Saturday at like 1230 and we didn't go in. What did we do on Saturday again? Oh, we just took we went, it really We went and easy. sat in the food hall for three hours. <laughs> oh, Spalumbos. I got to get back to Calgary for that meatball sub again. That was awesome. <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check out the Tight Ends Podcast with Vanda. They actually just celebrated their 100th episode. They talk all about sports. And she claims she doesn't know much about football, but she knows a tight end when she sees one. And Ty and I, we are both (laughs) comfortable enough to admit that we know a tight end when we see one, too. I do not have a tight end. I will will fully admit that now. Uh, When I played hockey, maybe. Did you? You had hockey butt. Well, I mean, even... Until I moved out and started eating pierogi and kubasaw three times a week or four times a week <laughs> and undid all the hard work that I had put in. By the way, I probably had about two pounds of pierogies last week for supper one day. 
Oh, dude, I have eaten nothing but Burger King and KFC since I got back to work. <laughs> and guess what? You lost weight. I've lost weight. What? Yep. Yep. Is it all the sodium or what? I, I, th- I think I'm like I'm back down to what I was before. Like I, I kind of started slacking off on Grey Cup right. fit up. Because like I gained like three pounds in the last two weeks before we went to Grey Cup, and then I gained a pound and a half at Grey Cup, and now I'm just getting back down to to what I was before I quit. So what are you going to do in the off season as far as fitness goes? I'll start walking again eventually. I'm not going to walk around Grand Prairie in the dark. <laughs> like that's that's not going to happen. And now there's like four um, hours might... of sunlight a day. So yeah, it's it's great because that means we only got four hours of work. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll start. I'll start doing my yoga and stuff again here, uh, probably tomorrow because you know we had to record. Um, I will yeah, still blame be eating this Burger King. Forty-five minutes of I your still- day <laughs> on not doing yoga. I, I will still be eating Burger King though because I don't want to go grocery shopping. Fair enough. <laughs> Check out the Tight Ends podcast, and you just know why the boys on Two and Out do not have tight ends. They are part of the Alberta Podcast Yet. Network. We're working on it. <laughs> Powered by ATB. And if you need tickets for anything, I know it's the CFL offseason, but uh, NHL, uh, there's a new Motley Crew, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett tour south of the border. Maybe there's going to be Wait, tickets. Joan Jett's on that tour? What? Yeah, they added her today. Oh, she's not going to come up here, is she? There's no Canadian dates for that. Yet. So that's where I was going with this. If you see American dates, <laughs> seatgiant.ca, mm-hmm. they're in Canadian dollars, promo code APN. You'll save 5% and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. So if you got any more hot takes, save them for a couple weeks. Okay, Ty? I can probably come up with okay, a couple. Okay, cool. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever pods are cast, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.